Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 515. We eat. I looked around at everyone. Unless someone else has enough coin to keep us fed and cares to share. Martin smiled ruefully at the suggestion. Hespy's eyes were for Dayton, who continued glowering in my direction. Tempe fidgeted, his expression unreadable as ever. Avoiding my eyes, he glanced at everyone in turn, his expression blank. His eyes moved not from face to face, but at Dayton's hands, then Dayton's feet, then Martin's feet, then Hespy's, then mine. He shifted his weight and moved a half-step closer to Dayton. Hoping to dispel the tension, I softened my tone and said, After everything is done, we'll split what's left of the purse. That way each of us will have a little extra in our pocket before we even get back to Severn. We can each spend our lots as we want to. Then, I could tell Dayton wasn't pleased and waited to see if he would press the point. Instead, it was Martin who spoke up. After a day of long walking, he said in a musing voice, as if talking to himself, a drink would go down nice. Dayton looked to his friend, then back to me expectantly. I think the purse can stand a round of drinks, I conceded with a smile. I don't think the mayor's trying to make priests of us, do you? This got a throaty laugh from Hespy, while Martin and Dayden cracked smiles. Tempe glanced at me with his pale eyes, fidgeted, and looked away. A few minutes of relaxed haggling got the five of us common bunks, a simple supper, and a round of drinks for a single silver bit. After that was done, I found a table in a quieter corner of the room and tucked my loot out of harm's way under my bench. Then I sat down, bone-weary, and wondering what I could do to get Dayton to stop acting like such a little swaggercock. Such was the distracted turning of my thoughts when my dinner thumped onto the table in front of me. I looked up to see a woman's face and well-advertised bosom framed by a tumble of bright red curls. Her skin was white as cream with just the barest hint of freckle. Her lips a pale, dangerous pink, her eyes a bright, dangerous green. Thank you, I said, somewhat belatedly. You're welcome, love. She smiled playfully with her eyes and brushed her hair back from her bare shoulder. It looked like you were almost asleep in your seat. I nearly was. A long day and a long road. That's a shame indeed, she said with playful regret as she rubbed the end of the page i'm nick i'm jordana i'm jeremy the first thing i want to talk about is what tempe does in the first half of the page which i think is super interesting tempe is looking at everyone's hands not their faces because that's what adam do adam emote with their hands well he looks at their feet well, I'll get to that. He looks at their hands first for because that's his his uh his default. And then he goes, "Oh right, I'm not in Edemra anymore." And then he goes to the feet because Adam have a different sense of personal space. 
Adam stand very close together. They aren't they aren't bothered by by closeness. So he is mirroring the people around him. He is trying to stand equidistant from everybody because he's he's not sure where is appropriate to stand. He doesn't have the same sense of personal space. So he's trying to figure out where he should stand, which is different culturally than where he would stand in the Demra by checking where everyone is standing and then moving a little bit so that he is sort of equidistant in the way that they're standing. That is not my sense of it exactly. Oh no? Okay. What is yours, Jeremy? My sense of it is he's preparing for a fight to break out. See, that was my first thought also, but uh, I think different now. I think that that is maybe what Quoth thinks and maybe what we are supposed to think because we assume that he is a a constant warrior, but uh, I don't think that's what it is at all. I think that he's very uncomfortable in this in this new culture and is just trying to kind of act appropriately. That is what I think now. But the line after that is hoping to dis- dispel the tension. So the scene that we're seeing when Tempe is is making this decision is tense. They are tense. There's been a challenge to close authority again. This is like a tense conversation. He's not stupid and he's not like so insensitive to social mores that he doesn't know when he's in the middle of a tense conversation. And that's not an appropriate time to figure out, oh, what is the the best social distance that I should be at in this conversation? You know what, Jeremy? I'm going to push back on that because Tempe is described as stupid later on. I don't necessarily agree, but he is described as stupid by his fellow Adam. And I do think that he lacks the social awareness of this culture to be able to pick up that he's in a tense conversation. I also think that he doesn't know the language very well. So to him, they're probably just like chattering and emoting in a way that he does not understand because he doesn't understand uh, tones of voice or facial expressions. So he's doing his level best to kind of check in, which involves looking at the hands because he doesn't, he doesn't know how to read faces. And then the best he can do is stand equidistant to everybody. I do not think he reads that this is tense. I think that Quoth maybe uh, is because Quoth is tense. Quoth is assuming that Tempe is, is understanding it as well. But I think Tempe is basically like totally adrift here. Who's ready for some fence sitting? Because <laughs> I, I got one for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that Quoth is reading the situation as tense. And I think that we, the reader, upon a first read, are meant to read the situation as tense. I think that Tempe is not necessarily worried about the situation being tense, whether it is or not. Like, I think that he is mostly doing the thing that Nick is describing, but that doesn't necessarily mean the situation is not tense. Oh, no, I, I'm not saying the situation, the situation is objectively tense, but Tempe just can't pick up Let on it. Finish. That's what I'm saying. Okay, I'm sorry. And I'm not saying that he's not necessarily picking it up. I just, I just think he doesn't care too, too much. And I think that while he might be adjusting his footing for like the social norms, he is probably also aware of the tenseness of the situation and he checked their um, like their emotes via hands and feet first before adjusting to to adjust for the for the tenseness should he need to. So he's aware of it, but he's also adjusting for the social norm. Like he's doing both. All reads are valid, but I don't believe that Tempe reads the tension. I think Tempe is too out of his depth to understand anything that's going on right now. Why would he move closer to Dayton? Because he has assessed for whatever reason that that's where he should stand. That doesn't mean anything. He's just sort of shuffling a little bit. 
it does mean something. It means either he's preparing to join in on Dayton's side of the fight, or he's preparing to stop Dayton before there is a fight. Now, Jeremy, I know that you like to look for clues in every little line of the book, but sometimes <laughs> an occurrence is just an occurrence. You know, sometimes uh, it's just a character doing something for no particular reason, and you have to accept that, okay? I think you have to accept, you who believe that the author places every word there for a specific purpose, if Rothfuss intended to communicate that Tempe was simply adjusting his his position in the group. He's not trying to communicate that because Quoth doesn't understand what Tempe's doing either. They're so culturally distant that Quoth has no, uh, like, Quoth can't, uh, can't fathom how out of his... How culturally dis, how much of a culture shock Tempe is in right now? So Quoth is like assuming that his actions must be to do with attention of the space because he, you know, how else could they be? Because Quoth has no frame of reference outside of that. Anyway, we're not going to come to an agreement here. We all have different uh, viewpoints. They're all equally valid, but mine is most valid. And and we have a whole other half of the page to get to. So uh, rather than reg up the joint, let's move on. After all. We love a reg, so let's all be regs here and reg along. I I will concede to that in the spirit of regular brotherhood, but I must insist that my that your read is is baffling. Well, this is highly irregular. I do like the way Rothfuss characterizes Quoth on the next few pages. They've been walking all day. They've been traveling on foot for days at this point, and they get to the inn kind of as the sun is going down twilight settling in they finally get to this end and i think that rothfuss does a great job of characterizing quotes as being just like bone weary and exhausted and not only does he make his physical exhaustion felt but he also uh makes quote a little bit less quick on his feet and a little bit less socially alert than he might otherwise be uh in the situations that happen in the rest of this scene at the tavern, uh, which I think is useful because we who live in this world of modern conveniences where we can drive and, you know, take public transit and whatever. When's the last time you spent three or four days like walking eight to 12 hours a day to get somewhere? You know, it's, it's kind of hard to put yourself in that mindset of being just like exhausted at the end of the day. Although I can imagine I can extrapolate because I know what it's like to be like on my feet for six hours walking around and like come home at the end of the day and just like be completely exhausted and out of it. So I can put myself in both shoes, but I think it's useful to try and remember that like this is an experience that lots of people in this world have, but that we don't necessarily. I have something uh, on the second half of the page, if I may be permitted to do some critical race theory. Something that Rothfuss has been criticized for is... Uh, taking western standards of beauty as as red you know not not challenging them or or leaning on them um you know the the white skin the pink lips i have no critique beyond that i agree with that critique but i also don't think that it like spoils the book and i also think that he was writing at a time when nobody in rothfuss's sphere was really thinking about critiquing that but uh since it's on the page uh, front and center. I don't want it to go by unremarked. Yes, I appreciate the remark. I say, if you weren't going to say anything, I was. Is there an ugly woman in this world? Is there an average woman in this world? <laughs> like, somehow they're all gorgeous. 
I'm not as bothered by that because I remember being a teenager and like, I still, you know, I still see beauty everywhere, but like, I remember being a teenager and be like, all women are Queens Anakin, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I am sort of, uh, especially in my older age with my new viewpoint, I am a little miffed by the reaffirmation of Western standards of beauty being the be all and end all. I don't know how you would go about dismantling that within this book i think i yeah i don't know it's a it's not something i care to tackle on this podcast i don't think maybe this like i i have a hunch that that's something that rothfuss is grappling with and that's part of why the third book is taking so long not that he's like trying to to fix it but he's sort of trying to with with the with the work he's started how does he continue to maintain the same attitudes of the character while also reflecting his own worldview that has surely changed in the 10 plus years since this was written yeah i don't know how profitable it is to try and guess what rothfuss might be thinking or doing in regards to the third book i will point out that this buxom barmaid being a redhead being a gorgeous redhead oh is she is she is she the lady that 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 quoth meets after he gets back from the fae is it the same lady yes sure it's the same it's it's very importantly the same barmaid uh, who he beds once he's out of Valerian and he's got some confidence because he's been taught how to do sex good. But also, so it is actually important that he flirt, like that this girl flirts with him and that he doesn't know what to do about it. And the way that that comes about is that she flirts with him because they're both redheads. That makes sense. And that uh, is explicit on the next page. Uh, we haven't got to it yet. There is one thing that bugs me about the description that is like, it is the most pedantic thing to be bothered about, but he uses the word dangerously twice in a row. Yeah, but that's, that's a deliberate choice. That's not just Rothfuss. Why? But why? Because there is something alluring about a girl who you know is going to get you into trouble. Yeah, but you could use dangerously once and a word like like a, a, a thesaurusy word that is that means the same thing that isn't. The repetition is rhetorically powerful here. Fine. I don't know, it bugs me. I was gonna comment on this as like a piece of description that I find quite evocative. Yeah, not to pile on Jordana, I'm sorry, but I agree with Jeremy here that the repetition is meant to God accentuate it. it. I also enjoy the use of the word swagger cock and i'm not sure if that is a rothfuscism or if that is a pre-existing word but i do like the double meaning of he's swaggering around like a rooster in a hen house all puffed up but also and he's also a dick yeah he's also swinging his dick around i think i've heard it elsewhere but uh i don't know where so it, it strikes me as being a bit archaic in the same realm as poppin jay it almost feels like a weird word for Quoth to use. Why is that? Maybe he just doesn't describe people like that a lot because he doesn't know a lot of people who are like that. No, I, I agree with you, Jordana. It's almost like a word his dad would have used. It feels like, yeah, it feels like he heard the word somewhere and so he's using it kind of thing. Because maybe just because it doesn't appear anywhere else in the book that I can think of. Well, who else would he have had occasion to describe this way? Ambrose. First of all, I think that Swaggercock sounds a little bit silly and has kind of a disarming air about it. Because Quoth finds Dayton a little tiresome, but he doesn't hate him the way he hates Ambrose. And also, Dayton hasn't done anything particularly hateful. So I think that Swaggercock is not a word Quoth would use to describe Ambrose, because 
Ambrose is way worse than a swagger cock. I see. A cursory Google tells me that if it is a thing that exists in the real world, it is far less common than the term swagger dick. Have we ever done a Google that wasn't cursory? No. I have done only one exhaustive Google. I think all Googles are cursory. Well, uh, I have one last thing to say on this page, and that's that since we didn't do a Reg joke yesterday, but we did today. Uh, 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 No, 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 no. Don't even think about it. I clearly stated the rules, and if you didn't hear them correctly, that is your fault. You said there has to be a gap. Yeah, I said there had to be a reasonably large gap. Do you think one episode is a reasonably large gap? Oh, and what is reasonable, Jordana? Yeah, reasonably large is in the eye of the beholder. It's also my twice weekly talk show. Yes, well, right now, right now, the <laughs> beholder is the person making the t-shirts. Now, Yana, Yana, I'm just a simple country podcast lawyer, but I would, my, the plaintiff would have you believe that uh, it's reasonable to wait two episodes for a bit to return. At regular intervals, at regular intervals, Judge. <laughs> well, listeners, you can count on our bits coming at regular intervals from now on. And the t-shirts are in the mail. They are not. That's right. In honor of this occasion, a free Reg t-shirt for all our listeners. Just send your uh, address to pageofthewind.com care of Jordana. Mm-hmm. No. And we'll make sure that she fills all your orders. And if you have any complaints to register, uh, we will address them on tomorrow's page. <laughs> register. <laughs> That's right, baby. <laughs> Page of the wind. wind. <laughs> 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 <laughs>